welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving here from all of us here at the uh, 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Barton Simmons. Time to give you those turkey weekend locks, rivalry weekend locks, the last full weekend of regular season football. But don't worry, uh, we will be also giving our locks for conference championship weekend uh, and, you know, every doggone bowl game because what is the bowl season for but for making ridiculous picks on games with very little impact. So, gentlemen, Tom Barton, how are we doing? Gobble, gobble, happy Thanksgiving. I can't wait for bowl season. That's the best because you just get to speculate on motivation. cares? <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's so much uh, like amateur psychologist uh, in that season that I, I love it. So I'm ready for that. I think they're going to cover these 12 points because this is a team that's motivated to win while the other team doesn't even want to be here, Bob. <laughs> yes. Out right there. But really, that's what we're doing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. To review, Barton, uh, this was a plus two week for you. Uh, hey, Lock Unity, Wisconsin minus seven and a half. I think it played out exactly like we thought. Uh, that 14 point win was a cash for all of us. Barton also hit on Wake minus one and a half, UCF minus 14, Kansas State. Boy, wasn't that the last one you pulled out too, Barton? Yeah, I picked them to win in our experts pool too. So I, I, that was a I, I, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, miss on Ole Miss minus two and a half. Miss on the USC UCLA over. So that gets you to plus twenty for the season. Tom, uh, you get the Wisconsin win. Miss on Miami Virginia under. Miss on the Ole Miss A and M over. Uh, hit on one of your two plus 37s, ULM cashed. Hit on ECU, go Pirates. Hit on Utah State and hit on San Diego State. So I've got that as a uh, plus two for you. Uh, so that's plus 11 for the season. Chip got the Wisconsin. Chip got Virginia plus 19 and a half, barely. Uh, a lot of varying confidence in whether that was going to cash. Texas won. Tom Herman as an underdog continues, plus three and a half. Uh, Arkansas plus 12 hit. Notre Dame Navy under, 59 and a half hit. BC UConn under did not hit because A.J. Dillon is a monster. Wake minus one and a half hit. That is a plus four week for Chip, bringing him to even par for uh, the season. That's a, that is a strong week for the syndicate, plus two, plus two, plus four. Hey, got to make that Christmas money. That's you know? right. Shopping to do. I'm, I'm still kind of steaming over that Texas A&M Ole Miss over not coming through. Considering, <laughs> I mean, it was it was 24 to 21 at halftime, so it was 45 points, and then they only scored 10 points in the second half. <laughs> I almost texted uh, Chip because didn't Chip didn't you have the over two? I didn't. Uh, I didn't not. I had no. I, I had uh, just two I unders. Up, I guess. I guess it was Tom. Maybe I almost hit up and and. Uh, because I was sitting there thinking, after that, what is it, it opened the game like 14-14? Like yeah, like in five minutes, it was 14-14. to 14. And I was like, I feel, I was thinking, I feel good about Oklahoma, but I feel, or uh, Ole Miss, but I feel great about the over. And uh, neither of them ended up hitting. So that, was, <laughs> that, that, that one was discouraging, yeah. But it was, I can't believe how that second half shut it down. Second half was depressing is what it was. <laughs> You're sitting here with the over, and then all of a sudden, like it's as somebody who roots for the under, what was it like to watch the clock bleed? Oh, it was it was a strange sensation because that's normally what I want. Right, right, right. It's a lot of <laughs> cognitive dissonance right there for Tom yeah. Fernelli. Normally, I'd be like, yes, I'd be the Jack Nicholson nodding gif, just like with an <laughs> evil smile, like yes, more of this. But no, they uh, it was just I don't know what happened. Um, all right. Well, uh, Barton, you are the leader right now in the season, so uh, let's get us started. Lock me up. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get 
get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover. All right. Uh, how about let's stick with uh, my game plan of going big games every weekend, and we're gonna go with what do they call Michigan Ohio State? Is that a is that the a game? game? Is just see, the game? I, I take I take issue with that because the game is Yale Harvard. Ooh. <laughs> so <laughs> I I I got an issue with the game. So I, I was hoping I was wrong that that was what they referred to it as. Um, so I'm just gonna call it Michigan Ohio State. Okay. <laughs> In the big house, uh, Michigan's catching 11 and a half is what I've seen. And I'm, I'm a little bit a little nervous making this pick because we still don't really know what the situation is with Brandon Peters. Is he going to play? Uh, John O'Korn, uh, not, not super confidence inspiring guy. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and just, just roll with it. And I'm going to go Michigan. Uh, and the points it's at home and I think uh, this is just one of those spots look I, I Ohio State we've we've seen how they've struggled uh, against Iowa on the road we've seen the teams been able to run the ball and possess the football against them at times um, I think that they're a beat up on bad teams uh, and and you know close games in the rivalry type of of, of squad and, and I just this is going to be a uh you know jim harbaugh I, I use this analogy too much probably but circling the wagons and and getting his team motivated to be physical and i think they know their limitations on offense i think they they hold on to the football enough i think that they can challenge jt barrett defensively and i think they can limit ohio state scoring i, I just think it's a low scoring game and i think michigan keeps it within the number um this isn't my my, my 10 on the confidence scale pick for the week but this is the one i just like i just I, I like michigan in this spot with with nothing to play for other than ruining ohio state season and uh and i just still don't trust ohio state in this rivalry type of setting it's a good pick i'm not making it a lock i think i went with michigan in the expert picks and it's it's uh you know another example of one of our late season trends to track are just these teams that are very different away from home. Ohio State's absolutely one of them. Uh, I just want to make my Barton has to get all the points he's calling for because it's not eleven and a half anymore. It's twelve, so he's getting all twelve of those points, not eleven and a half. And the reason I want Barton to get those twelve points is because my one of my locks this week is also Michigan plus twelve right. at home against Ohio State. I like it, Chip. You know, we've done this for years. You know, I am always a fan of underdogs in Rivalry Week. Yep. Particularly home dogs in Rivalry Week. But to go along with that theme of Ohio State just hasn't been as good on the road this year, I think that's a clear factor here. I think the fact that this is kind of Michigan's Super Bowl is a factor here. And then if we just look at the history since Urban Meyer's come to Ohio State, when Ohio State's a double-digit favorite against non-conference teams, it's 23-13 and 13 against the spread. But when Ohio State's a double-digit favorite against Big Ten teams, it's 27-37 and 37 against the spread. Ohio State does not cover big spreads against Big Ten teams. And I feel like in this kind of rivalry game in Ann Arbor, 12 points is just too much, even though I have the same kind of doubts about Michigan's offense and who the quarterback's going to be. But to be honest with you, between Brandon Peters and John O'Korn, I don't know how big of a difference that really makes for the Michigan offense. I think all that matters is the the run game gets going and the offensive line wins some battles against Ohio State's defensive line. As long as they're able to do that, I think Michigan is going to be able to move the ball enough to at least keep within range. And that defense is good enough to limit Ohio State's offense. An Ohio State offense that still has serious trouble stretching the field vertically and relies on a lot of horizontal run stuff to get things going. I think Michigan can take that away and then force Ohio State to beat it with JT Barrett down the field. I'm just not a super confident in Barrett's ability to do that over 60 minutes. So I think the Wolverines are going to cover in this one. What are we thinking, like 24-17 for this game? Yeah, I think that's probably about right. I wouldn't expect it to get too high of a score, but at the same time, this game we saw a couple years ago, it was kind of the same situation where there were questions about both offenses, and I think the final score ended up being like 39-33. Oh, yeah. That was, was that one decided on like a two-point conversion? 
I can't remember the exact outcome. I just remember it was like a shootout out of nowhere. Yeah, I think yeah, it was Harbaugh's first year. And then things got wild. I, I like that. Uh, I'm, I, you kind of see, too, where like if, it's almost like if Michigan was tempted to pass more with a better uh, quarterback, like this game would be almost uh, a tough recover for them. Like the fact that they're going to they're, they're gonna hunker down and get creative in the run game and just find ways to grind out yardage and, and try to make this game nasty and ugly almost plays their benefit. Uh, with the quarterback question, so I, I, to your point, Tom, like I don't hate that there's a there's sort of question marks at quarterback. I think that Michigan's if they're going to win this game, it's not going to be because Brandon Peters goes out and like throws for 300 yards. It, it, it's going to be because they they play really good defense, turn Ohio State over, and and find rhythm in the run game. Um, all right, so we got Barton, Michigan plus 12. Tom, Michigan plus 12. I got a couple Friday plays, so we're going to try and get them out here uh, first. And I am not going to take – well, it's not a rivalry. But uh, I'm going to take Miami in the Black Friday nooner to cover 13 and a half. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And and this is really looking at a Pitt team that I think, uh, number one, uh, the Pitt coaching staff even admitted this week there's a lot of concern about the team speed advantage that Miami has. You know, like uh, you see – uh, a coach come forward in his Monday press conference after weekend of breaking down the tape. And like when he mentions speed seven times in like a 10 question press conference, you're like, Oh, he's really, he's a little bit concerned that he doesn't have the athletes right now to deal with Miami. Uh, take into consideration that they are now on their third uh, starting quarterback, though Ben DiNucci might see a little bit of action in this game. The offense has been woeful. And then emotionally this pit team had first and goal from the one-yard line, down six against Virginia Tech, and got stuffed four times in a row. If they don't have the speed, and if they don't have the strength, and if they've already lost their shot at making a bowl game as that was their seventh loss, I I see this as a game where even if it's a sleepy start for Miami, the way that they responded, like, you know, not only once, not only twice, but eventually pulling away, I, I just think that Miami ends up totally stuffing Pittsburgh out. And at under two touchdowns, I like it. Like, Miami might only win this game, you know, 28-7, to seven, but uh, I, I just don't see Pittsburgh being able to get a lot done against the Hurricanes. So, yeah, I I was ready to pick against them, you know, as coming out of the, the Virginia Tech-Notre Dame twist, and I cashed in on Virginia last week, but that was a narrow Virginia cover. And I think that Pittsburgh – like Pittsburgh is a much worse football team than Virginia, and so I think that Miami should be able to cover thirteen and a half. Hey Chip, grab your lock and get ready to start swinging because we got a lock fight here. Oh, you're going Pitt? Yeah. Ooh! Pitt plus thirteen and a half. Um, couple reasons for it. First of all, it's at Pitt, and Miami just kind of like Ohio State, not really the same team on the road this year. We saw it go on the road to play Florida State. It won the game, but we saw it was a struggle to get there. But it was still a huge win for him, not taking that away. But then it's the only other road game. I mean, it went earlier in the year. It went and kicked Duke's butt on the road. But we've seen over the weeks, Duke's not very good. But another team that's not very good that Miami played on the road was North Carolina. And Miami really struggled with the Tar Heels, a very bad team, winning only 24 to 19. So we see a team that outside of the the, uh, Hard Rock Stadium, I almost called it the Orange Bowl, has not been nearly as strong. But then just other trends to look at. Um, I was going to bring this up in another lock, but I might as well bring it up here now. In the college football playoff era, undefeated teams are 25-43-1 against the spread in November and December. The later in the season it gets, the more popular they tend to become as picks from you know the public, the gambling public, and therefore it kind of inflates their spreads in a lot of games, and they have trouble covering them, and they only cover them at a 36.8% rate. So I like that trend a lot for going with Pitt getting nearly two touchdowns at home against Miami. Foreshadowing of another undefeated Tom Fernelli pick coming later in the pod, I assume, then. queued up. This was, this is like, I was about to give you credit, Chip, for like pulling like the anti, anti, like pick here. It's like the, the, like the savvy play is to flip, to pick um, Pitt because all the reasons that, that Tom said, but then like the, the, uber savvy play is to understand all that 
and then say, well, it doesn't matter, though. Miami is just that good. I, I really do like that Miami sort of turned it on against Virginia. And just like when they decided they were going to roll out, they just sort of tapped the, the gas. And before you knew it, they're, they're practically covering 19 points again. Um, I'll let y'all lock, fight this one out. I, I picked Pitt to cover this one as well. Um, but I, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Miami trudge around and have a 14-13 game at halftime, and then a couple pick six later, this is a, a blowout. So uh, I'll let y'all have fun with it. But I, I, I do think this is a dangerous spot. I think, yeah, I'm. I a lot, a lot of this is um, uh, me feeling like that it's going to take a certain caliber of football team to be able to to keep this close and i i just don't know if Pitt's there right now uh i don't i don't think that they have it just don't think they, they got the juice here's the x factor how will miami's speed be affected by all that turkey and stuff still sitting in the gut in a few hours after thanksgiving dinner i don't know man this this team is a bunch of warriors they i kind of feel like they've got this uh it wouldn't surprise me if all of them are on the tom brady diet <laughs> Manny Diaz, well, new age just drinking, Manny Diaz, drinking enough water not to get sunburned at home games. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so Tom is in with Michigan and Pitt. Got you got a couple of couple big home double digit dogs. Uh, Barton, let's throw it back to you. Okay. Um, let's see. So, by the way, I was just looking up just out of curiosity. There's forty five thousand at the North Carolina game. Um, that Miami slept walk through. Uh, I, I wonder how many are going to be at this pit game Friday after Thanksgiving with a uh, pad pit team. What, 20? 20, 25, yeah, something like that. Um, all right, anyways, so my pick... I'll barely I'm, be there, and I'm at home watching. 14 and a half now is what I'm seeing it at. So it's dropped a little bit, but, I, you know, I, I still like Ole Miss here. And I know they mm. kind of screwed me last week. That's just a lot of points for a rivalry game for a team that really can move the ball offensively. Um, and, and the team in Mississippi State, I think really their strength is is defending the run more so than, than the pass game. I, you know, I like Ole Miss to put up some points. I almost am tempted to take the over as well. Uh, but I, I just think Ole Miss, again, I still think they're playing for something. This is their their last hurrah uh, for a season that has been us against the world all the way, and, and I think that they you know they go into Starkville and they put up a good fight. Whether they win, I don't think they win, um, but I just think if you know more than two touchdowns is just too many points in a rivalry game against a team that that can can keep up with Mississippi State from a scoring perspective. Um, so I, I, I like this at fourteen and a half, and, and uh, I'll feel good about Ole Miss. I'll uh I'll I'll get you down at fifteen. I'm seeing it fifteen at Westgate and Mirage Will Will Hill. So right, uh, yeah, it's fifteen at a few places. Yeah, we'll Good. we'll lock you I mean, in at fifteen. It's all over the place. I like it. Um yeah yeah for sure. I like it. Are you gonna make an over under play? No. No. Nope. But if I was, I would play the over. I, I the, the totals have been hit hurting me a little bit this year, so I'm gonna stay away from that. <laughs> so sorry we tempted you. Sorry. Actually. I- I got one later coming. All right, okay. I, I want to go with the over on this game, but as we discussed at the beginning of the pod, I'm still a little steamed about last week, so I'm, I'm not really ready to trust Ole Miss again. <laughs> okay, it's understanding. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with the uh, a week after cashing them in Miami Gardens. I'm going to keep riding with Virginia, and this might be depending on what kind of price you get I mean so I'm locking in Virginia plus seven if you can get plus seven and a half I like it a lot more and if you're really feeling wild I don't hate the money line play here I think Ooh. Virginia Tech has kind of lost its way a little bit the offense has been sputtering I mentioned that 20 to 14 game against Pitt last week I just kind of think that They've they've lost their way a little bit, and Virginia, you know, they Miami came back, but Virginia played well. There there is a lot of reason for Bronco Mendenhall and Virginia fans, and this game is in Charlottesville. There's a lot of reason at night. There's a lot of reason for me to think that this will be a spot 
where uh, a Virginia team that has lost a lot to Virginia Tech. I think it's been since like 2010 or it's it's been a while. No one on this roster has beaten Virginia Tech. I, I like the chances for them to come out. And uh, again, Virginia Tech, I think, still is the better team ultimately. But at a touchdown, uh, I'm, I'm going to take the home dog here. So buy the hook if you can get it or if you can find it at plus seven and a half. Um, and maybe even if you want to feel frisky, uh, take it on the money line. But I think Virginia right now, though not the better team on paper, is playing better, and so I'll take the touchdown. I picked yep. Virginia to win this game in the expert picks. Straight I, up? I like, uh, yeah, straight up. I like, I like that pick a lot. They're, they're, I agree. Like they're, I think Virginia Tech got a little bit um, – I think we all overvalued them a little bit. Uh, based on how they looked early in the year. And, and I don't know, when was the last time Virginia Tech has really done anything to, to turn heads? Like, when was the last time Virginia Tech really impressed somebody with a performance? Um, maybe I'm forgetting one. But Week one? <laughs> I think it was the most impressed I was with the Hokies all year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, they had, I don't know, Duke, maybe Duke 24-3. Maybe that's the best we can do. Um, but I, I'm... Yeah, I, I like I just, I just think that this is a, a really good spot for Virginia to, to to be motivated. I didn't pick them; it's not a lock, but I, I really like that pick. And, and um, I'm not a big money line guy typically, but I think they I think they pull the upset. Uh, some inside info that would make you guys feel good about your pick there. Now, this is still really early in the process, obviously, but as of right now, 53% of the bets are on Virginia Tech. Ninety-two percent of the money's on Virginia. Smart money. Mm-hmm. So that's something to pay attention to. So maybe, and I'm going to try to get this turned around here this afternoon. Maybe, you might want to get on it quick because yeah, the might. line's due to get small. <laughs> yeah, maybe buy that hook now while you can. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. So I've got Miami and Virginia. God, I've got way too much ACC Coastal on my card. Uh, <laughs> Miami and Virginia, another coastal one coming. Uh, Michigan and Pitt for Tom. Michigan Ole Miss for Barton. Uh, Tom, back to you. Uh, we're going to go with a big game, one of the bigger games on the slate this week, the game of iron, the iron the Bowl. Utah State. Oh, I thought you were saying Utah State Air Force. No, oh. no, no. It's wild. It's like you're reading my list. But no, Auburn plus four and a half mm. against Alabama. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier the stat that undefeated teams tend to do very poorly against the spread the later you get into the season in the playoff era. They're covering the spread only 37% of the time in November and December. But more than that, there's just there's another trend here that I think needs to be considered. Um, Alabama under Nick Saban against ranked teams outside of the SEC West, 19-6-1 against the spread. Against SEC West teams, 18-20-1 against the spread. So in divisional play, Alabama does not do nearly as well against fellow ranked teams. And then besides just the trends, if you look at the way that the teams have been playing these last few weeks, I'm more doubtful about Alabama right now as a number one team than I have been about Alabama as a number one team in probably a long time. Some of it's, you know, a lot of it's the injuries on defense and there's a lot of questions there, but it's also just the fact that this team all season, while it's been, you know, one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team in the country, has never really had that imposing sense of doom about it that you're used to. And you look at this Auburn team that in recent weeks is really seeming to get its, you know, it's getting a groove since that LSU lost. I think in a way, while that loss was horrible for Auburn, as far as its record and its playoff spot and its ranking at the time, I feel like maybe that loss was good for it because it kind of slapped them in the face. It kind of said, Hey, you know, you, you need to get your, your crap together and play well. You, you can't just take things for granted. And we've seen that from Auburn over the last few weeks with that huge win over Georgia with, you know, last week's win doesn't, don't really care about but now going into this week against Auburn or against Alabama I think Auburn's just playing better football right now than Alabama so I don't know if it's going to win the game but I feel really good about it at four and a half yeah I I, I think that Auburn on paper in this game is the better team um mm-hmm. based on health based on where the game's being played based on just sort of the trajectory of the two teams right now, but I, I picked I picked Alabama. I picked them to win. I picked them to cover. 
Uh, I don't feel great about it. I think it's because uh, I, I do think that just the factor of it being at Jordan Hare is is a big one, and I do think the the injuries for Alabama are significant. Uh, I just can't bring myself to pick against. Basically, I think it comes down to Jalen Hurts versus Jared Stidham. And I really like Jared Stidham, but I think in those big moments late in the game, I have a little more trust in Hurts to make those plays. But I, 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 don't, I don't dislike the pick. I, I think this is a really tough game to call. Uh, and I think, again, if you're just looking at the sort of the, where the teams are at right now, I think it's, you know, it's a pretty good case to be made that Auburn's in a better position. And, yeah, and some – some things that don't get talked about much, at least with Alabama this year, you know, that offensive line, if you look at advanced metrics, their adjusted sack rate ranks 105th in the country. They're not The offensive line is not doing a very good job pass protecting, and I feel like going against this Auburn defensive front, that's a problem. No and then on the other side, the Alabama defensive line, it's power success rate in, in run defense, which is pretty much kind of think of it as short yardage situations. It ranks 96th in the country compared to Auburn's offense, which ranks 12th. So, I mean, there's a couple bad matchups in the trenches for Alabama in this game, which is not something we're used to saying for Alabama against anybody. Four and a half is like a perfect number, too, because I don't know how this game plays out, but these two teams are close enough that if all of a sudden a couple field goals start getting kicked, a couple field goals start getting missed, like if we get off the seven-point tit-for-tat kind of game, like you, if it gets close, then you can go into it with that four and a hook feeling a little bit more confident at the end if they're going back and forth around three to four. <sighs> yeah. I picked Alabama, though. I mean, it's, it's not, and it's not a lot for you either, right, Barton? No, it's not a lot for you. Yeah. I'm, I think this game is awesome. I'm very excited about it. I do think Auburn is uh, probably as poised to win this game as they've been in a long time. And I just, I, I'm, I don't know. Something's, something's fishy. Something's fishy about it. Like, like Gus Malzahn's 5-10 and 10 against top 10 teams. There's a yeah. chance he gets lemon booty. But what's he against the spread against top 10 teams? Uh, I don't know. I was just looking for straight up. <laughs> straight no, up. The, the, the tragedy here is I, I'm really I'm I'm confident in my Auburn plus four and a half. But the tragedy is the total opened at 50 and went down to 47 and a half so quickly that I didn't have a chance to get in on it before it. Oh, you were trying to get that under 50? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 47 and a half. I still think is pretty good. But 50, key I'm numbers. Like, we're trying, yeah. We're, yeah, we were really trying to get above that forty-nine. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, dang, that's it. I I feel like, uh, like Barton said, I've I've got more confidence in Jalen Hurts to make a play at the end of a tight game than Jarrett Stidham, and I think that we are going to see a better performance from Alabama's offense uh, than we have. I don't know, man. Auburn's defense is so freaking good. Carlton Davis has been great. That like Jeff Holland is incredible. I don't I'm I'm flip-flopping all over this game. I don't I'm glad I didn't make it a lock, but I'm fired up to watch it. Um all right. Got another Friday game. We're going out from the Iron Bowl to the Cup of Apples. Give me yes. Washington State plus 10. Come on, y'all. Who trusts Washington to cover 10 points? Right now, I don't because I also have Washington State plus Ted as a lock. Yeah, nah. This is this is the kind of game where we remember that Washington State's defense is probably its best. The bet, like the best aspect of this Washington State team, is probably this defense. And as soon as they make like they shut down the run and make Jake Browning beat them, that's when the turnovers are going to come. Jake Browning loses this game. I I I think I like Washington State straight up. But I love Washington State, and I'm locking them up at plus ten. Uh, yeah. Um, go ahead, uh, Tom. Go ahead. I I I can't. I pretty much agree with everything you just said. And the line opened at eleven, and I was just I, that got jumped on really quickly, and it's down to ten now, and it's kind of balancing out. But most of the money is still on Wazoo. But just as far as the actual matchup goes, yeah. There's. I mean, Washington basically beat Utah last week because. Kyle Whittingham called the timeout for no reason. 
And this is not a good Utah team. No, it's not a good Utah team, and it was Washington at home. It's like if you struggle to beat Utah on the road in the in front of the Muss, I get it. If you're struggling against it at home, you're just not that good this year. So my hesitation here, and the only reason that this isn't lock unity, because I looked at this line too, and I was like, well, that's a no-brainer, Washington State. Um, but this – this is a this is a situation like ninety six percent of the public are on Washington State. That's just it's just too it's like too good of a line. Like I just I don't trust it. If if it was down at six or something, then I would feel better about taking Washington State. But it's at ten, and you know this is at Washington. This is their biggest game of the year. This is a rivalry. Like maybe this is where they, they step up and, and and you know really have their premier performance. But uh, it's just too spooky of a line for me to jump on it. Um, and so I'm staying away. But I agree with y'all's take. I mean, it's hard not to see this being a Washington State um, cover at least, uh, if not an outright win. Well, there there is that factor you have to worry about of Chris Peterson in a big game. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I am nervous about that. But 10 yeah, points? 10? No. I mean, if you could get it at 10 and a half, yeah. I think you should feel really good about it. Well, I'm locking in at 10. Tom's locking in at 10. Barton, what's your next lock? Um, I'll stay in the Pac-12, and I'll go with a couple Pac-12 games left. I'll, I'll, I'll go with – here's this one. I'll go with UCLA. Uh, lay in seven. Um, so I'm going to take the Bruins to cover. <clears throat> I kind of like the the post-firing boost that teams get. Um, you know, you expect like, oh, they don't have a head coach. Like, how are they going to do? But, but I think typically, Tom, you may have like the numbers here in your back pocket or something. I feel like this is the type of thing you know. But like typically, I found that that, that first game after – uh, the firing, like that, there's actually a pretty good response from the roster. And you're looking here at a UCLA team, you know, Jetfish. Like I said, I think he wants a head coaching job. I, that's part of the reason why I, I like them to, to perform well against USC last week. Um, now he's an interim head coach. He's going to be, um, I, I think, really focused this week to try to get his team ready because it's a resume for him. This is Josh Rosen's last game in the Rose Bowl. Um, this is, you know, I think U, UCLA, they played, uh, they had a pretty good game, really. In a lot, I mean, they, they played USC pretty close. Um, I, I think that they come out and and take care of business against Cal, uh, win easily. And, and I think that, um, you know, they kind of put a, put a finishing exclamation point on the Jim Moore tenure and just sort of continue to make us perplexed about like what really did we just experience with Jim Moore like how can we even uh, understand like kind of what this was a positive error or a negative so I I, I think that UCLA goes out and and has a big showing Mm, let's see we do have a Cal team that's trying to play for bowl eligibility motivations let me bring out that couch psychologist sure (laughs) (laughs) uh i i don't have any any actual uh disagreements with you i also like the um the the post firing bounce so i don't i don't have the number in front of me but i i remember i looked it up a few weeks ago i think it was 54 55 percent yeah making money yeah there you go um all right and then what i mean ucla is they're they're playing for a bowl too right they're five, five and six. six. Okay, yeah, you're right. Plan, plan for the uh, – so that Josh Rosen can go play a Mountain West team in a bowl game and throw seven touchdowns and secure his top quarterback drafted selection. Or, or maybe bow out and hand it over to Devin Modster and say, I'm just going to prep for the NFL draft. <laughs> he might. Uh, Tom, real quick uh, aside, Barton pitched this – to on monday i don't know if you if you heard it but uh after watching usc and ucla you get both quarterbacks going back and forth which quarterback do you like better tom rosen rosen yep 
right now, I mean, for NFL purposes, yeah. yeah. I think that it's not really close right now. <laughs> Honestly, as far as who's ready to play in the NFL, I think Rosen is. I think I, I think Herbie was talking about it during the game. And I, it's it's strange because I feel like if Darnold left, he's probably going to be a first round pick. But I feel like if he has it in him to turn down all that money and go back for another year, it might be best for him. Mm. We'll see. Uh, all right. Taking it to the ACC Coastal again for my next lock. I, uh, Barton, we we caught some luck with that wake cover. Did we? Yeah. There was some, you know, the pylon cam, NC State outstretching, trying to get that touchdown to win the game. Ends up being a fumble, ends up being a recovery and a touchback. I uh, I kind of feel like a lot of things in that Wake State game broke Wake broke Wake's way. So as we're looking at Duke Wake Forest, uh, with a Duke team that just blasted Georgia Tech forty three to twenty, I'm I'm gonna take Duke plus twelve. Uh, Wake is absolutely the better team here. Wake is a very good football team, but I'm uh I'm I'm thinking that. Maybe it's uh, just just a little bit of the, the mojo or the juice might have been uh, spent at BB&T Field already uh, with that night game. And as we get to this classic 12:30 ACC Network kickoff and Duke is 5-6 and six playing for the postseason, I, uh, I, I think Duke can cover – I think Duke can cover 12. And if they win, I would not be surprised, though that is very low on my confidence. But at plus 12 – uh, give me Coach Cut to uh, to go in there and make life difficult for a Wake team that is already, you know, a Wake team that already at seven and four has probably accomplished its goals and exceeded expectations. I actually agree with that. Um, I, I saw that line and it jumped out to me too. Just as a uh, okay, you know, let's not let's not forget that this. I mean, honestly, when you look at these two teams, like you you think of them as being pretty similar. I do, anyways. Uh, both private schools in the state of North Carolina, and they've got the same, you know, like recruiting base and stuff. Both have, both have recruited well relative to their history. Both are sort of same same kind of talent. Um, good quarterback play, uh, good coaches, and you know, just they're they're going to sort of battle every week in the ACC um, with, with whoever they play. So um, Duke's coming off a big win against Georgia Tech. I, I like that. I mean, I, I would. I, I would. I almost picked that. Um, I didn't, but uh, I like where your head's at. Well, uh, when when you're trying to think about what is the best team, uh, sometimes uh, you you can waste ton of hours trying to assemble the right team. But if you're trying to think about putting together the best team for your business, I've got a way that you can save a ton of time. Ways that you can make the perfect hire because you need not just the right tools, you need the smartest tools. And you can get that with ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click so you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of the posting of the job. That way you receive the best possible matches. It's no wonder that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So find out today. This is like small businesses, large businesses, doesn't matter. You are able to manage it all with the dashboard. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and all industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. You can do it by posting jobs for free. What? You can post jobs for free? Normally, you got to pay for that. But if you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash 247sports, you can post jobs for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 247sports. One more time, try it for free today. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash 247sports. So to review, Barton, Michigan plus 12, Ole Miss plus 15, UCLA minus 7. Tom on his card right now, Michigan plus 12, Pitt plus 13 and a half, Auburn plus four and a half, 
Wazoo plus 10. Lock fighting with me. Chip has Miami minus 13 and a half. Virginia plus 7. I also have Washington State plus 10. And I've got Duke plus 12. All right. I've got three left. Who's got the most left? Let's see. I've got one, two, three, four left. All right, Tom. How about you, Barton? I've got two definites left and a couple I'm pulling over. Oh, hell yes. You're going to bring them in. If, I don't if, if has, this, has he ever mulled over one and not gone with it before the end of the show? <laughs> All right, let's see what happens in like the next uh, 15, 20 minutes. Okay, Tom, you go. Got it. The feeling overcomes you, and it's like, I got to get these on there. Uh, <laughs> my next one, it's going to go in line with something we talked about last week, 30-plus point dogs. Now, last week on the pod, I only went one for two, but had you waited until Saturday to place the bet, you went 2-0 and oh because Kansas did cover against Oklahoma on the final line. It just didn't cover it at the line we picked it on when we recorded the podcast. But anyways, I'm rolling with Kansas again this week. You get it at 40-and-a-half? The Jayhawks at 40 and a half at Oklahoma State because 40 and a half points, a lot of points. It's too many dang points. That's just too many points. And at the rate that those spreads have covered this year at 30, now you're giving me, I mean, it's 73% that 30 plus point dogs are covering and I'm getting 40. So, okay, I'll take it. Uh, senior day in Cowboy for the Cowboys, uh, T Boone Pickens Stadium. Probably the last time we get to see Mason Rudolph sling that pill. A lot of a lot of minds elsewhere. A lot of thinking about NFL drafts. A lot of a lot of tears. A lot of a lot of talking to your family. I like it. Kansas has shown that they're down with disrespect. <laughs> I don't think there will be any crotch grabbing this week. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I took Kansas plus 40 and a half in the expert picks. I will not be making it a lock for fear of a 51 to three game. I understand. <laughs> All right, Barton, you next. Um, Stanford is at home and they are l- catching two and a two, half. Two and a half. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Give me those points. Um, look, to me, Notre Dame's on a little bit of a stretch here. Where, what, what's, what is this team like? They okay, they beat Georgia early in the year when in Jake Fromm's first start. I mean, I'm sorry, they lost to Georgia early in the year. Jake Fromm's first start. Beat BC when they, when they were still bad. BC beat Michigan State before they figured out that they were any good. Um, you know. Beat a Miami Ohio team, beat North Carolina, beat USC when they're decimated, beat NC State when they're looking ahead to Clemson, uh, and then they had a Wake Forest team that put up 37 on them, got killed by Miami, and you know snuck out of a battle against Navy. I guess what I'm getting at here is I'm not sure Notre Dame was ever really a number three in the country type of team. I think that there were, you know, there are some circumstances that allowed them to sort of get that sort of profile. And, and credit to them, like the, I'm not taking it away from them. They won those games, and, and that's a that's a tough schedule. But I don't think a team that's playing probably its worst football of the year. Like I feel like they're the back end of the schedule. They're they're, you know, the the chinks in their armor are showing a little bit at this point. While Stanford, on the other hand, is is kind of, I don't know. I mean, they they beat Washington. Um, the Cal game was was not super inspiring, but I think if and I don't know, maybe I should have checked on Bryce Love's health here too. But he's if, probable. If there's a if we got a healthy Bryce Love, um, I think Stanford's at home season finale heading in the Pac-12 championship game. Like I think Stanford is in a position to um to win this football game and, and i just think notre dame is is still a little bit overvalued from from that like number three in the country sort of uh vibe they were given off here early in the season so i'm gonna go stanford um you know if it was if, if it was being if it was in south bend i would probably lean uh notre dame but it's not and and this is a year where home field advantage 
like I've talked about a lot now, is it means a lot. And uh, even at a place like Stanford, where it's not a rabid atmosphere, but I, I like Stanford at night at home um, to beat Notre Dame. I, I don't have a great feeling on this one either way, but I think that if you are leaning Stanford, it's better to get it now while it's still at two and a half or whatever, because that's the thing, like you said, with Bryce Love, he's listed as probable, but they still don't know for sure if he's going to play. And if it's announced that he's playing, that number is going to get smaller really quick. You think it'll flip? I don't know if it'll flip all the way, but I would, wouldn't be shocked if it went down to one and a half or one even. Uh, noted Notre Dame fan Tom Fernelli, what is your feel? What is this Notre Dame team right now? Uh, it's the same one-dimensional team it has been all year. It's just it's run into some – it ran into a better team in Miami, a team that was faster than it and was able to exploit some of its weaknesses. And then last week it played a Navy team that historically has always been a pain in the butt for anybody to play particularly coming off a 33-point loss. So they, they they had the letdown against Miami, come home, struggle against the Navy team that's a pain in the butt to play, and now they go on the road to play a Stanford team that's good, but maybe not great. I like the under more than anything in this game. As far as the spread, I don't have a great feel because I could see Notre Dame winning this game by 10. I could see Notre Dame losing this game by 10. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points either way. You know who? What my biggest disappointment, maybe in the country this year, has been has, has been Brandon Wimbush, and not because he's been terrible. Like the guy has certainly been been serviceable, but I really thought. I mean, we heard last year that he was, though he wasn't in the battle for the starting job, that he was the most talented quarterback on the roster. Mm-hmm. And this year, he's been like a. I don't even know who to compare him to. It's almost like he's Nick Fitzgerald or somebody. Like he's he's a he's a wildcat quarterback that's and I know it was rainy against Navy and uh, you know sort of a nasty night, but he just doesn't look super competent as a thrower. Uh, and and that's just been that's that's really has taken Notre Dame down a peg to me. Like I just kept on expecting at some point it, to click with Wimbush, and it just doesn't look fluid. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully, that's something they can get fixed in the off season or or, or, or prove on. But like, I even heard he was like potentially going to be a you know one and done type of guy head to the NFL draft preseason. I, I don't think that's even an option at this point. But um, Wimbush, I, I want to see some improvement from him. And, and frankly, I, I feel a little better with KJ Costello right now. He, he kind of reminds me of like 2013 Nick Marshall, where. He was obviously a great running quarterback, and he could throw. You know, he had success throwing the ball. It's just he wasn't as refined a passer, whereas in 2014, Nick Marshall improved as a passer, and it was noticeably different, just not only in his stats but in the way he played. That's kind of who Wimbush reminds me of right now, whereas maybe next year he adds that you know element to the game. They work on it over the spring, over the summer, and get more, more of a passing element because that's the one thing that this team really needs. It needs to have a passing threat. Because that would make everything so much easier for it as a run team, especially because it's going to lose McGlinchey and Quentin going next season, and the offensive line won't be as good next year. The guys completed fifty-one percent of his passes. That's, yeah, that's so, problematic. Yeah, I mean that's that's not ideal. Yeah, I'm going to take us out to the Mountain West with a fade Air Force play. Give me Utah State plus one and a half. Air Force has lost three in a row. Their offense has been woeful. And Utah State, as Tom called it last week, and actually t- that having to even research back to find out if Tom got the cover is what dug me into feeling like uh, Utah State's just in a better spot right now. Uh, they haven't, like they, Utah State lost big to Boise State, as did Air Force, but it was a, it was a close game against Wyoming, a 13-point loss to Colorado State, and other than that, they've been playing uh, playing some okay football. So if I can catch them as a slight underdog in a game that I think Utah State will win, let's go, Aggies. Utah uh, State other, plus one and a half. Some other things that should make you feel good. I mean, Air Force is starting quarterback, Arian Worthman, questionable. He's got a knee injury. He got banged up. And their kicker, questionable. Love it. Love uh, it. Nothing is more comforting than to hear Fornelli just spit out Air Force, Utah State injury reports and <laughs> sticks off the top of his head. On top of it, 
Love it. It's not off the top of my head. I got a computer in front of me. <laughs> but are so are you off Utah State? That was a fade Hawaii play. You're not going to stay stay rocking with the Aggies. Uh, no, I'm not doing that this week. I that last week was more about fading Hawaii because Hawaii's been horrible against the spread. Okay. Uh, all right, so I'm a, I'm in for Utah State plus one and a half. Let's go, Barton. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick relatively local, down the road to Knoxville, where two awful SEC teams are playing each other: Vanderbilt and Tennessee. The total on this game. Oh yes. Is down to 45 and a half. Under. No. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> the disappointment just, in Chip's voice just now. Oh. You should know by now I am not a disciplined under guy. <laughs> I am a, I, I am a, uh, I'm an over, like, succumb to temptation type. And the 45 and a half here, like, I get the, I get why it's so low. Because we're talking about uh, a Tennessee offense that's got a lot of injuries, um, you know, has had trouble moving the ball and everybody, a Vanderbilt team that's got Derek Mason as their head coach and their defensive-minded team, all those sort of things, you know, point to just an ugly game where no points are scored. I actually think the flip is going to happen. I think these are two bad football teams. Tennessee has nothing to play for. They've, they've got a bunch of coaches that know they're not going to be around next year. They are – I don't have any – I don't necessarily feel like this is going to be a team that's playing really hard, even if it is at home. They've already, they've already fired that bullet where, where you know, they've, they play at home following a, a coach firing uh, against LSU. Um, I think this is a sloppy, poorly played game. Vanderbilt's defense is not very good. Vanderbilt's offense actually is pretty good. Like, I mean, let's uh, just say this. I think their quarterback is really good, and they have uh, Ralph Webb at running back, who's one of the all-time you know, leading rushers in SEC history. I just think these two teams are more likely to be in an ugly, gross, sloppy shootout than an ugly, gross, shot, sloppy uh, pillow fight. Like, I think this is going to go over the number. Um I saw that one and I and and I really liked it. Uh, this is this is a line I like. I think this is getting like the thirties. Um, so I'm going to play over forty five and a half in the SC East basement. Mm, that twenty three twenty one game is going to be a heartbreaker, Barton. <laughs> it could. This could. This could be a six to three just nasty nasty game. There's no, there no, Either way, I know it's not going to be appealing to the eye. I, I just think that it's going to end up going over. Like well, you, glass half full. The line did open at forty nine, and it's been bet down. So you're getting some value with the over. Some buyback. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom. What you got next? Uh, first of all, I want to make clear the under in Notre Dame Stanford is one of my locks. I didn't make that clear while discussing it a minute ago. Ooh, okay. So under fifty seven in Notre Dame Stanford. But I have two more unders for the people. Uh, the first one involves a team that we just talked about me fading last week. This week, Hawaii is playing BYU, two teams who have both been <laughs> awful against the spread. Yes. And I am not, I am not yes. willing to fade either one because if you're fading Hawaii against the spread, you're relying on a BYU team that's 3-9 and nine against the spread. And that's not really a place I want to be in. But what I am going to do is I am going to take the under 49 because, first of all, neither of these teams have offenses that I think anybody in their right mind would consider explosive. They're not they're not fun. They're kind of sluggish. They're not great. And you combine that with the fact that during this game on Saturday night, there will be 21, 22, 23 mile an hour crosswinds, meaning neither team's going to be able to throw the ball if it tries, meaning both teams are going to have to stick to their run game. And typically run game like that, a lot of t- clock chewing. Neither offense is that good. Neither defense is horrible against the run. BYU's is better than Hawaii's. I'm expecting a very low-scoring affair in the winds of Aloha Stadium. BYU-Hawaii, under 49. Stay up for it and root against the points. Yeah, you're, a, you're a brilliant mad scientist. 
That, that's the way to close the season right there, regular season, with a Hawaii-BYU under. Love it. Is that Love. a midnight Eastern time kickoff? No, no, no. It's uh, I think it's at 9 Eastern. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's a late night game, but it's it's an afternoon game in, in Honolulu. Okay. That would be the ultimate rooting for the clock to oh, tick. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> Not even me. I don't. I would. I would. I don't. I wouldn't want to do that because I'm not planning to stay up for that and watch that until 4 a.m. I am ready for the under sweats. I'm going with a pair of Big Ten unders, starting with the low. I don't know if it's the lowest. I think it is. Michigan State Rutgers under 40. <laughs> <laughs> under 40. Let's go. Oh man. <laughs> Um, locking up Michigan State Rutgers under 40, locking up Iowa and Nebraska under 52. Wow, doubling, doubling down on the Big Ten unders. Yeah. I like Iowa and Nebraska more than I like the under <laughs> Michigan State, but I don't hate it either. I just, I, you know what I actually like in Michigan State Rutgers more than anything is Rutgers plus 13 because the Michigan State's not showing me anything this year to show it should be a nearly a two touchdown uh, favorite on the road against anybody. I don't think I think Michigan State's defense is good enough that Rutgers is not going to be able to get much going. I mean, I'm I'm not I can't I need to be honest with the people. I'm well, taking Rutgers I, plus thirteen plays to your under right. Well, under four taking under forty in Michigan State Butkers is just because I'm a masochist because I want it. I want to see. I want the punts. I want the missed field goals. I want the interceptions. I want the fumble inside the ten yard line. You want the Brian Lewerke regression to continue? <laughs> yes, I do. I want yeah. Michigan State to win this game seventeen to seven. That's 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 like the equivalent of of a gambling cutter. You're just you're just cutting yourself to see if you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then like Nebraska, Nebraska is going to be a hot mess. I don't see Nebraska being able to score more than fourteen points. Another good thing for you in that under with Iowa and Nebraska, really windy. Mm, nice. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, so my, my card's done. I mean, I just I, I had to be honest. I don't have a whole lot of stats for those last two. I just want to take some Big Ten unders in the last week of Big Ten play. And 40 was such a low number. I wanted to do it. Where, what's, what, else, what else you got on the wind report? I want to capitalize here. I I, here's here's a little tip for our listeners. When it comes to totals, rain, snow, hot, cold doesn't mean anything. Wind means a lot. Winds over 15 miles an hour tend to tend to lead to a lot more unders when they're crosswinds going across the field rather than north and south. You know, on the field, it's about a 63% under rate. Oh God, what a stat! <laughs> and oh man, this is great. See, this is this is a way of life for me. All right, this is unders. All right, this is this is how I live, and my final lock involves all those same principles. It is Northern Illinois at Central Michigan under fifty three and a half. Now it won't be quite as windy as BYU and Hawaii, where the winds will be between twenty two and twenty four miles an hour, but they will be between sixteen and nineteen miles an hour, and they are cross winds at Kelly Short Stadium in wherever the hell central Michigan is. I can't remember right off the top of is my that head. Kalamazoo? Ypsilanti? Or, yeah, no. it's Kalamazoo. Ypsilanti's... Okay, never mind. No, wait. Ypsilanti's central. Right. Kalamazoo's western. Correct. See, look at that. We know where our Mac schools are located. We know our oddly named Michigan towns. But uh, So the under 53 and a half, because both of these teams are not exactly explosive on offense to begin with. The wind's going to take away the passing game. It's going to be more of a running attack, and that's that tends to work well for unders. And that's another thing I should mention, too. When you're considering the weather, if it's an option team, the wind won't have any effect because they don't throw the ball anyway. You know what I'm saying? Running yeah. teams, the wind won't affect. But teams that actually like to throw the ball, if it's windy, take that under. That's, that is like some of the best picking content that has been put on any podcast ever. Great wind aficionado of the gambling world we have the pleasure of having him on our pod really i will i will send you both links to my weather info if you'd like yes yes i got i gotta figure i gotta put take it into consideration when we uh when we do our bowl locks 
Oh, it's well, see, that's going to be, I don't know, because if we're picking bowls weeks ahead of time, it's going to be hard to get the weather forecast. I think we can take it week by week. That's fine with me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to do that massive bowl picks for the site, but for our locks competition, we deserve time to know if coach, like a coach is not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Barton, we're cleared out. Take us home. Um, so I told you I had two additional ones that I was considering. I am, I'm not playing either of them. So, you know, how, how you like that? Uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm actually scrambling because I, you know, what I'm at five would be one of my fewest weeks. So, but here are the guy, here are the other two I was considering. Iowa minus three, just can't do it. Just don't trust them. Uh, but I was, it was really a fade Nebraska as much as anything, and I still think Iowa has got – I mean, I, I feel like they should be better than they are. Like, I don't really understand why they're not better. Um, and then K-State, I was tempted to play them minus two and a half. This could potentially be Bill Snyder's last game ever as a head coach at home in Manhattan. Iowa State coming to town. Kyle Kemp injured. Um, but I think Zeb Nolan, even if he plays, is is a pretty good player. So I couldn't quite uh, bring myself to pull the trigger there. Um, so all that said, you know I got a bunch of bunch of uh, favorites. I'd, I'd love to get a, a clean. Uh, or sorry, I got a bunch of underdogs. I'd love to get a clean favorite cover. So I'm I'm just gonna go with the old faithful. I actually don't think this is the smartest play. Uh, but I'm going to go UCF yes! against USF. Yes! Residual income. University residual income is uh, <laughs> back on the ticket. I think UC- I don't think USF is anywhere close to as good as UCF. Agreed. But I think this is such a big-time spot for them that I, I could see them covering. This is, I mean, they have, they've really only played like two good teams all year. And so this is a culmination of things for USF. Um, but I don't trust them. And I do trust my boy Scott Frost. I do trust University Residual Income. So I'm going to take where we at with this game right now. Uh, ten and a here. half? Ten? I'm seeing ten. I'm seeing ten in places. But are you seeing ten and a half? Uh, let me look it up real quick here. I, I, I picked him on the Why side at I 11. Why can't I find it? Because it's uh, not UCF. It's under Central Florida. But is it a Friday or Saturday game? It's a Friday game. Maybe that's why, because I'm looking at Saturday like a moron. Yeah, it is at currently at – actually, it's at 10 a lot of places, 10 and a half some. Let's go 10. Uh, let's go hell, 10. It's, even, it's at 11 at Bavada. Let's go with 10. <laughs> if it's at 10 and a half, then uh, buy the 10 to, 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 or to uh, keep in, in pace with our picks. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dance with the girl that brung me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm going to go with UCF. We did not yep. mention, I did not hear, no one uh, wants to take South Carolina. Um, I picked them. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm same thing where I'm like, ah, I don't know. I feel like I'm picking it um, because I want to see that game be close just because I think it'd be fun. Yeah, but there, I had a trend that's very much in Clemson's favor. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. While you're looking that up, I almost picked South Carolina. I almost also picked... Minnesota plus seventeen. Yeah. Um, there's a. I, I love. I'm almost favorites like across the board this week. Like in our top twenty five games, I picked probably, you know, seventy five percent favorites. Okay, I found it. I'm not. I'm sorry. Underdogs. I, I keep on flipping those two. Uh, Clemson. Here's the. Here's the trend. Favorites against SEC teams in non conference games overall forty nine and forty three against the spread, which is fifty three percent. But favorites of ten points or more against SEC teams in non conference games seventeen and seven against the spread. Mm. I I feel more confident in South Carolina covering the spread than Georgia Tech. I think I think Georgia yeah, that Georgia definitely. Tech Georgia Tech is uh, another team that's kind of lost its way. The the ACC Coastal Techs, I just don't have a lot of faith in either one of them right now. And, you know, they're uh, sharps around South Carolina right now. Mm. I mean, that's, who's got the better quarterback? It's South Carolina. 
right? What? I'm not going to say that because Clemson fans are already mad at me. Clemson fans aren't listening at the one hour four mark. By the way, <laughs> I had, there, was, uh, there were some hashtag Team Fornellis over the weekend on Twitter. Oh, some, yeah. I saw those. That was, uh, yeah, we got some. We got some. They, you, when I, you know, it's the weather reports, Barton. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, nobody else has given us this wind info. Team for Nelly. <laughs> I'm, I'm team for Nelly on this wind info, man. That's that's next level stuff there. That it's is already in your inboxes, boys. <laughs> Thank you. I will now rush and go check that and maybe adjust some picks. We'll see. Not for the card. The card is locked. To review, Barton on Michigan plus 12, Ole Miss plus 15, UCLA minus seven, Stanford plus two and a half, Tennessee Vandy over 45 and a half, UCF minus 10, Tom Michigan plus 12, Pitt plus 13 and a half, Auburn plus four and a half, Washington State plus 10, Kansas plus 40 and a half, Notre Dame Stanford under 57, BYU Hawaii under 49, Northern Illinois Central Michigan (laughs) under 53 and a half, Chip on Miami minus 13 and a half, Virginia plus seven, Duke plus 12, Washington State plus 10, Utah State plus one and a half, Michigan State Rutgers under 40, Iowa, Nebraska under 52. Woo! That's, that's, that's loaded. That's as loaded up as we can do for the last full weekend. Gentlemen, thank you very much. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. He's got your weather reports. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been fun. We'll, uh, we'll link up next week for Commerce Championships. Good luck. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point, every cover.